So um, I was really praying over what jars of clay really meant, and I thought I already knew what he was talking about, but I really didn't. And he um, was talking about he's the potter and the potter forming the mold. Sorry, I'm a little nervous. I don't like to speak in front of people. I'm going to put this down. Okay, so um, he's the potter, and he's forming the mold, and he can't form the mold unless it's soft. And as a potter, um, I just did a little research on clay and how clay is from the ground, and it makes up a whole bunch of, of minerals, and um, I'm, a sci I'm a science dork, so I love science stuff. And most most times people would say that once something is formed, it can't be reformed. So if a, somebody that's making pottery forms a pot, then it's like that for the rest of its life. And um, a, a, probably about 10 years ago, um, a Japanese um, group of people, they decided they were going to not agree with that. And they took a whole bunch of pots and plates and things that were already made and they smashed down this pottery and made it into dust and then they um, put a little bit of new clay with it and reformed it. And in doing my research, God really spoke to me and said that that's what he does to us. So in the Bible, he talks about making beauty from ashes and that when a clay is made and, and it's soft before it gets formed into a plate or a pot or a vase. It has to be heated under ma major heat before it can become solid. And so God was speaking to me and saying that we are always supposed to be clay. We are not supposed to be completely formed because he said in Philippians 1.6 that he who began a good work in us will not finish it until completion. And our completion is the day we meet him. So until we meet him, we shouldn't be a for solid form. So as we are clay and we are soft and we're always constantly changing and mold being pliable for him to change us. And he's saying, but with so many of us in our lives, we became solid. We became that... Um, vase, that ceramic that's been formed because we were put in the heat of this world and we were put under hurt and under um, brokenness and the world, there's so many things that the world throws at us and it heated us to the point that we got hard and we got solid and if anyone knows about pottery or anything, once it's hard, it can crack and break and that's what happened in a lot of our lives and God was saying that I need to break you down to dust, and I need to add some more clay to you, and I need to mix you and make you new, but I don't want you to go back to being hard. I want you to stay soft, because like he said at the woman in the well, at the well, he said, if you drink from me, you will never go thirsty again, and out of you, springs of water will flow. Well, if springs of water is always flowing out of us, we will never be hard and dry we will always be willing and able to be molded and pliable and moving. And, and if we can be that to the world, we will make the difference that Christ wants us to make. So, Awesome. Listen, a, a healed heart, a whole heart, what are, what are the signs of a whole heart? It's soft, and it's vulnerable, able to be vulnerable. What's the litmus test? How do I know if my heart is whole? 
Are there areas in my heart where I'm resistant, where I'm hard, where I'm unwilling? That's not whole. But in the love of God, there is a place of being supple and receptive and vulnerable before him. That is whole. And so that is what the Lord, I believe, is massaging into us as a community because that community can become rebuilders of waste places. If we try to become rebuilders of waste places with hard hearts, we may do a lot of work, but there ain't nobody getting healed. (laughs) I'm from Georgia. So you can, I'm going to read a scripture that I think is going to give some context for tonight, okay? Or for this afternoon. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, the first five verses. And so it was with me, brothers and sisters, when I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. This is the Apostle Paul speaking to the church in Corinth. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness and in great trembling. My message and my preaching were not wise with persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power that your faith might not rest on the wisdom, human wisdom, wisdom of man, but on the power of God. So we have two elements of this mandate that we have in Isaiah 61 that we've been talking about over the past few weeks of how it is, the core things that are used to fulfill our calling. And the calling is this, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. And we've talked about the gospel working healing, liberty, appointing into place, and becoming a rebuilder. But the first verse mentions two, two things that are used there. It's the gospel and it's the spirit of God. And I believe that we are amiss as if, if all we're doing is focusing on the gospel, which is the message, which is the truth, the good news, the proclamation of what exists in the kingdom of heaven and proclaiming it here, truth, the message, but not the life of the Spirit of God. Part of what brings healing, in other words, isn't just the message, it's the experience of the Spirit of God inside of us. Now, I personally have have experienced something of the present day. In fact, I haven't experienced, I oftentimes, in fact, I try to live in the present day now operation of the Holy Spirit in my life as a fundamental means of life. So I'm just going to share some thoughts. We're going to share maybe another testimony or so, but what we're going to be doing tonight is trusting God for something of a spiritual encounter in your life. Um, Because that is part of how God heals our hearts. Let me me explain it to you this way. You can have the most hardened heart, but when God touches your physical body and your leg that was broken is healed, or whatever the case may be, you encounter the love of God at that level and realize the God who made the heavens and the earth has touched my body supernaturally and he knows me and he healed me. That does something to your heart. It's kind of hard to be hardened at that point. 
or when God speaks to you and, and, and there's something prophetically spoken to you and you know there's no way that that person could have known or anything like that and God knows me. He knows the details of my life. It's hard to have a hardened heart. And so we need the gospel. It's not as though they're two separate things. We need the gospel, but we also need the present day activity of the Holy Spirit. My philosophy is this. If Jesus needed it, maybe we need it too. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it, I know it's complex theology, but that's my hunch. So the Spirit of God takes what is existent in the kingdom. It's not like he creates something new. He takes what already did exist in the kingdom of heaven and he brings it and ushers it into our world and makes it alive and real. So as an example, I can sense, I can know theology because I've studied scripture and I can read about how God loves me and I can know that Jesus died on a cross for me and, and, and that kind of an idea. I can know the doctrine. There's a huge difference between that and as I have experienced before in a place of worship where I sense the nearness of that one who died on that cross. I sense him being with me. And in that place, I sense the, the feelings. Now, I know there are some people who are, oh, don't go with feelings. Feeling, you can't trust your feelings. No, no, no. The kingdom of God comes with feelings. God's the one who created emotions. I sense the feelings of the love that drove Jesus to a cross for me. And I, I can remember one particular case as a young, a, kind of a new Christian back in South Georgia, in worship, and I sense the very thing that I'm describing to you now. And I just remember, like, being smitten, tears running down my face. I don't even know what was happening in the church or what we were singing about. I was having this experience with God. Was that my Bible study? As good as that is? No, that was the Spirit of God ministering something that existed all well in the kingdom of heaven, but I was experiencing what existed in eternity. Does that make sense? We live in this earth, this realm, that has been cut off from the heavenly realm, and the very thing that Jesus did was he died on a cross so we would have access into the heavenly realm. Or another way you can say is that the heavenly realm would have access into us. And when we, when we receive Jesus by faith, we receive heaven. Do we, do we understand that? Jesus is the king of heaven. He is the, 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 uh, the king of the kingdom. And, we, and when we receive the king, we receive with him his kingdom in us through the Holy Spirit. And so let me just read a couple, speaking of the kingdom. This gospel, remember, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the, the gospel to the poor. Now, most people in Christian, most most modern-day church, and I'm, serious, I'm certainly not trying to um, uh, criticize any churches or act as though we're superior or anything like that, but let me just point out something that is not a full understanding. Uh, many people believe that the gospel is what you could call the gospel of salvation. In other words, the whole idea of the gospel is Jesus died on a cross to pay the punishment for your sins so that if you receive him, you can have your sins forgiven and you can go to heaven when you die. Anybody ever heard that? And you go down and you receive Jesus and that's kind of it. It's, all, it's like spiritual fire insurance. <laughs> you, you know, like from hell, from the, hell, from the fires of hell. <laughs> the good news 
far transcends the afterlife. Most certainly does include the afterlife, eternity, but it's the idea that the, the gospel is the gospel of not just salvation, it's the gospel of the kingdom of God. And what does gospel mean? Good news. What is the good news of the kingdom? Hey, there's good news. There's a kingdom. And when you die, you can go there. No, it's, it is the good news is that the kingdom of God is at hand. What does that mean? Because we don't say that in contemporary modern-day language. I don't say, hey, Minda, can you grab my phone? I believe it's at hand. It's within grasp. When Jesus came for the first time since man had fallen, the kingdom of God he was proclaiming is accessible now because of what I've done or what I'm about to do. So if you don't believe me, let me just read three different gospels that are going to reinforce this very idea. Mark 9:30, Matthew 9:35, <clears throat> and Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. The kingdom of God is the idea that the kingdom has come. The uh, Mark 1:14 and after John the Baptist was delivered up, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom of God. And Luke 8.1 says this, And it happened afterwards, he traveled in every city and village, proclaiming and announcing the gospel of the kingdom. My friends, what I want to say tonight to you is to, begin, is to continue to proclaim that same message into our 2017 space. The kingdom of God has come. The kingdom of God has come. Jesus has made the way. We don't need to do something to make it happen. It's actually something that we receive in receiving him. That is good news. That means that the brokenness in my heart through the experiences that have happened in this world, and though the kingdom of God has in fact come, and though it does reside within me through his spirit, it doesn't mean that I have been removed from a material world in which I'm going to experience bad things and pain and hurt, which are on a constant onslaught of my heart to make me hurt and pained and resistant and hardened, like Courtney was saying. I'm still, we are in the world, not of the world, right? We, Jesus prayed that we would remain here, not be taken out, but, but while here... We have received the down payment of the Spirit of God, meaning that that which is on the other side has already been given to us on this side to navigate and empower us through our way through. We're still going to experience bad stuff just like the rest of the world, but we have the Spirit of God within us. And the full measure of the kingdom of God, the same Spirit that was on Jesus, is upon us. You don't believe me? Acts 1-7, and he said to them, is it, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit is coming upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me, which means you're going to represent me, uh, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. How many of you know that Jesus has called you to represent him in the earth. And you're like, my friend, you don't know me. I can't do that. I know you can't do that. That's why you need the Spirit of God. Look, look he, he's called me 
to represent him. And the longer we go in this relationship and journey together, the more you're going to realize how miraculous that is. It's completely by his grace. Nothing to do with me. He put himself, his spirit, inside of anyone who has received Jesus. It's the same spirit that was on Jesus. Now, Acts 10.38. I just want to make this point, and then we're going to have somebody share. She doesn't even know. Tomorrow, you're going to share. <laughs> Acts 10.38 the Spirit, I just want to make this point, the Spirit delivers the power of gospel truth into our world. It, in other words, what I was saying before, he, he, the, it's the Spirit of God that comes upon and takes what already existed in heaven and causes it to manifest here in this earth. So at the beginning of creation, many of you would know, the, there was darkness and void. And the Bible says that the Spirit hovered uh, was hovering over the, the deep. Yes, exactly. And God spoke, and of course the first day he said, let there be light. I want you to get that picture. That God speaking, the word of God, mixed with the spirit of God that was already upon the, the deep. And when these two come together, material action happens. Creation comes about. That which was first in God's heart, and remember, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What was originally in God's heart, he speaks, but it's the Spirit of God that interacts with the Word of God and causes that which was in God's heart to materially manifest here on this earth. It's the same thing as Jesus healing and, and uh, anything that he did that brought about good, brought about the kingdom, was done by the Spirit of God. Acts 10.38 says this, How God anointed... Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Now, we just read Acts 1.8 that says, you shall receive what? Now, who, who are we talking about now? Are we talking about, like, the ordained people who went through Bible college, right? They shall receive power after you have your theological degree. And the Holy Spirit comes upon you. <laughs> talking about, he's talking to his, those who are following him. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, the Holy Spirit, and with power. And he, so here's, you want to know what the Holy Spirit does if, upon your life? Now, let, let's clarify this, by the way, because we do have a little bit of confusion about what the Holy Spirit does uh, upon a believer um, when he manifests. So uh, it doesn't say that how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, the Holy Spirit, with power, and he shook violently in church services. Did, did I just say that? Uh, or, or that he, <laughs> well, yeah, maybe, maybe I'm going to, I might, I might get in trouble with this. What I'm wanting to say is we've got some weird things that goes down in church sometimes and we say it's the Holy Spirit. Well, sometimes it is the Holy Spirit, but hey, sometimes it's just like the way we do church. And I'm actually not at all, at all interested. In fact, please don't. But the Holy Spirit upon Jesus, he went about doing good. And he healed all those who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. I am interested in that. The same Holy Spirit being, up, being upon us. And so we as a culture, as a church culture, that really wants to see something of Isaiah 61 unraveling in this awesome city that we are a part of, have to be a people of the Spirit of God. Not just the message. Intimacy with the Spirit of God. Tomorrow. Having said that, man, I set the stage for you. 
<laughs> Tomorrow just shared with Minda and I. I thought it would be very helpful. So Courtney, you know, God's kind of speaking in, into, into her life and something I felt was very relevant. Just share what, um, what you shared with, with Minda and I, what you feel God was kind of ministering to you. Cool. So first I'll start with the um, um, a session of restorative prayer that I had um, a couple weeks ago. And um, during this prayer, I, uh, some names came up that, of people who I needed to forgive. And I haven't even thought of those people or anything. I didn't even know I had to forgive them. But um, during the prayer, I began to forgive them. And there was a, a prayer dialogue that I learned from the ladies, the team of the restorative prayer, where I'll give you my hurt, I'll give you, Jesus, my pain, I'll give you um, these people, the feelings that I may have had towards these people, and what do you give me in return? And so by the end of our session, he gave me a vision. And the vision were, was actually signs. And I didn't know if I should even say it because it was like directions. I'm like, I don't really know what this is. But they said, share whatever God gives you. So I told them I'm seeing signs in there. Like, what are the signs saying? I said, they're directions. And um, so they, they prompted me to ask Jesus, where are you showing me to go? And he said, closer to me. And this has been my prayer. I said, I, t I told Paula Minda at, over dinner one day, I just want everything in my heart that doesn't need to be there exposed and gone. I just want to do what God has for me to do. And so not only did I get uh, confirmation in, at the uh, restorative prayer, I came here. And, and Paul was teaching about the heart. And something happened to me when we were in service, where I felt the release of something. I don't know exactly what it is, but apparently it had to go. So it is gone, okay? <laughs> yes. And, and then I'm also in physical therapy for a car accident I had in August. So um, I went into the office. They were working on my back because um, my posture was kind of hit. I was hit from the side and it was kind of messed up. So um, I came in one day and I, had, I went to my PT first. Uh, and um, she said, wow, look, you're walking straight up now. Like your posture is good. You're aligned, you know. So I'm like, really? Okay. That's, I'm excited. And then I went to my OT, my occupational therapist, after that. And she said, wow, you look like you brought the sunshine in. You just look really bright, you know. I was so excited about that, too, because I knew it was not just physical. I knew it was more than physical. It just manifests on, uh, on the outside. And then I have a life coach. I'm a busy person. So I have a life coach also. And... Um, when we had our session, she told me, um, she asked me a series of questions first. That's usually how I go. How do you feel about this? How do you feel about that? Well, all of my answers were different than they were before, a lot different. And so I told her about the restorative prayer. And she said, well, I can tell. Like, something is different. Something is different. I, like, overcame a lot of feelings that I had before. I didn't even know I had anger. But I don't have it anymore. 
you know. So that's my testimony. <laughs> Cool. So tomorrow, how are you feeling now? Wonderful. How's your body? Oh, good. That is cool. Uh, could I ask Aaron and Melanie Weinzerl, uh, and Minda as well, why don't you join me? Um, so let me just, as they're coming up, I'm just going to share some, some, some a thought. We're, Aaron and Melanie are, and Minda are going to help uh, kind of pray for people and uh, minister to people. But let me make something very clear. This isn't like the priesthood and then the non-priesthood, okay? It just so happens in, in kind of like a church setting, we tend to, for practical purposes, we have seats and there has to be somebody in the front. And for this kind of a gathering, you, it can look like there's the... the you know, the, the, the real Christian, and then you, you, you common folk who need to be taught. So it's, it's simply a, but on the other hand, I don't want to um, dishonor the fact that they are ordained into ministry and, and recognized as such. So we know that they have a ministry, some of you would know, called Get Whole, which is very much in line with the vision of this church. And also um, are no strangers to the prophetic and <laughs> what's this <laughs> pointing people out? Yeah, you got whole. You, you got whole. <laughs> what's that? Okay. So everyone here is already whole anyway. So, so very much in line with the church. There's no strangers to the prophetic. And we're just trusting God to speak to the people in this room prophetically. Can you hear God for yourself? Absolutely. Are you going to hear everything God wants to say through your own personal relationship with God? Absolutely not. It's by God's design that he puts other gifts in the church to complete the picture, and he made us by design to be incomplete so that together we become whole, which requires humility. So, um, so which is awesome. I love that. So we're going to... Um, um, just kind of create a space here for some of the prophetic. And, and in a couple moments, I'm going to uh, create also an opportunity for you to be prayed for. And again, I don't want it to be that you feel as though you're coming down to the high priest. However, we are trusting God to speak or to just touch, minister to you, that tonight you would receive something from God that is more than what humans can accomplish. Okay. So um, I've asked them to put their prophetic radar, um, get their little antenna going. Um, but in prayer uh, this week, um, I, I felt as though I saw, and when I saw in my, as in prayer, I saw in, in my spiritual eyes, um, something of like a... Uh, Well, what I actually saw was almost like a lightning crack. Have you ever seen like a lightning, like a bright light and the the instantaneous crack of thunder? It was like that, but I felt like it was uh, like having to do with an injury in the hip or lower back region of a a person that may be... um, creating problems elsewhere in the body 
in other words, like referring pain to other places in the body. Is there anybody in the room who has any kind of a lower back or hip pain or injury of any kind? Okay, Tamora. <laughs> who? Okay, um, can we? Can we? Let's let's pray for that. You've got something lower back and. Okay, I I, yeah, I didn't know if it was exactly hip or but. Just that general region. Uh, would, would it be okay? Could I ask you to come forward? Are you able to come forward with, with much ease? I would love to lay hands. The Bible says lay hands upon people and to pray for them as a way of releasing. Can we, can we do that? Come on up. Jason, would, would, would it be okay if you just kind of gave us a little... What's that? Yeah, no, you can only get healed if you're there. So, yeah, okay, now, now you're good now. You're good now. Yeah, can we gather around and pray? So, Tamora and, can't remember the name, Nancy, yeah, just receive. So, I just want to encourage you, just receive, um, yeah, just receive, and you're, we're not working to do anything, if it hasn't already be, been done by him, we're not going to be able to do it anyway. Father, we thank you. We thank you for the Holy Spirit that was upon Jesus. Thank you that that same Holy Spirit is here. Thank you that the Holy Spirit ministers the life and the power of God. We release the power of God in the name of Jesus and, and command uh, this injury or this back pain. We speak to it now and command it to be made right in Jesus' name, be made right. Release alignment. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Thank you, Is there anywhere, like where were you feeling the pain? Where, where did you, okay, do you feel it now? You don't. Is there anything that you were not able to do because of that pain or would do with difficulty? Okay, do you want to, you want to stretch? You can lean on it. <laughs> you don't feel anything? No. Okay. Nancy, is there, is there anything, like, what would you say that the pain was? Can you point to it? Or is? or? Okay. Yeah. How are you feeling now? 
Okay. Lord, we just, we, we, we thank you, Lord. We want to declare and release healing over this body. Healing in Jesus' name. Healing over this body. Healed. Healing over the back in Jesus' name. Be healed. Yeah. Kingdom of God come in this body now as it is in heaven. Nancy, are you able to lift your, your leg up? How's that feel? Okay. Lord, we thank you. We just want to release you. Thank you that this is your daughter. This is your daughter. She is precious and beloved. Precious and beloved. Thank you that you love her. Release healing in Jesus' name. Be healed. Be healed in Jesus' name. Be healed. Thank you, Lord. Be healed in Jesus' name. Be healed. Be healed in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Just receive, Nancy. Just receive. Could I just ask, please, you don't have to do this, but I'm just going to ask everybody if you can be in a posture of receiving. Um, and so if you want to stand like you would in worship, if that helps you, then go ahead and let's stand. Uh, if it's better for you to be kneeling, if it's better for you to, whatever the case is, but I'm just going to ask, can we all be in a, in a posture of receiving? And by that, what I mean is that Jesus actually wants to touch you. And it is true that you actually don't have to have. <laughs> that Jesus wants to speak to you. So the end goal, my friends, is that we we easily receive and pick up on what God is saying to us, but sometimes it's moments like these where God uses somebody else to speak to us that helps kickstart that. I'm going to ask uh, Weinzerls, do you, are, do you have anything for anybody in the, in the room? Just go for it. You don't even have to have something. Sometimes you can just ask God for it. Which one of you? Ladies first. All right, well, um, I'm pretty pretty simple here, but as I was in praise and worship, um, I had, you know, it's funny, like I always am like, okay, you know, I just want to just hear whatever, you know, whatever comes to mind, I'm just going to go with it, you know, so it was funny because I heard a word and then I automatically start adding words to it myself, like, okay, is it a boy, is it a girl, you know, like whatever, and I started adding to it, so I am going to go back to exactly what I heard and I believe it's specifically for someone in here. And I don't necessarily feel like we need to have you come up and get prayed for because I don't really feel like it's something that we have to pray out. But I believe it's just, just a little nugget or a little hug that, you know, God wants to, you know, just wrap his arms around you in a tangible way. And this is kind of a reminder. So here, here it goes. Okay. I had an... Um, 
a word for someone that your dreams are going to be renewed and that I specifically had a vision of this person. Now, I didn't get anyone's face. I just saw a little boy. It wasn't a girl. It was a little boy. And he was laying on his bed as a child, like little child, like tiny child, like basically before you think a child would even remember things, like a four-year-old or a three-year-old. But this child was laying on his bed, and he had a dream about something later on in his life. Not a, maybe not a physical, it could be a physical dream. I just had the word dream pop in my head. So I'm not going to try to define it, but he had a dream. And I'm telling you right now, that dream that was given to you that day, God is reminding of you laying on your bed at that specific age. He's bringing that exact scenario right back to you right now. And he's saying, I have not forgotten you. I still remember that. And God's telling you that was him. Like that was God actually speaking to you. And I think mixed in with that is we automatically assume like, oh gosh, you know, God's never talked to me before. And I'm telling you right now that was God talking to you. And God's reminding you right now that that was him giving you that dream as a child. And he wants to renew that dream and bring people alongside of you to see that dream come to pass because only you can offer people like, only you are the one that's going to be able to offer whatever your dream is to people. So if that resonates with someone, I just want you guys to grab onto that and realize God has not forgotten about you. And he specifically brought the vision of me seeing you as a little child getting that dream. And he's just saying, I remember it, and I'm going to see it, and it's still going to come to pass, so don't get discouraged. So that's my, that's my thing. Yes? Yeah, it's on. Okay, so um, one of my favorite verses, it's somewhere in Psalms, like towards the end, says that, um, God, it basically says that God's continually thinking about us, right? He says, like, how precious are your thoughts towards me? Um, he says, like, they outnumber the sand on the shore, right? And that's like a lot, a lot, a lot. In other words, he's always thinking about us, right? And um, Jesus, this was like right before he left, he said, I have so much stuff I want to tell you, right? But you're not ready. But he didn't leave, it, leave us hanging, right? He said the Spirit's coming, right? And he's going to show you everything you need. So sometimes like what I do um, when, I, when I put on my, my priestly hat thing, like, you know, when I do that kind of thing, no, it's just any time. Um, so I'm just sitting back there and Paul's like, yeah, we're going to ask you guys to come up if you want to share anything. So I'm like, okay. Just watch everyone worship. And so, you know, like emojis, you know, so I see, I see stuff all the time. It's, it's kind of weird. So, um, Zerl, right? Right? So over your head was big old sunshine, okay? And it was like just sitting on top, just kind of came down, and like the beams were sort of coming out of your face, okay? This can mean anything to you. This doesn't have to be anything certain. It's just God wants you to know this about it, Okay? Sunshine coming out of your face, like, like hope, like hope coming out of you. Whether that's for you or for people in your life, people that you're surrounded by, I don't know what that means, but God will show you, okay? Just take that be like, I got, I got the sunshine emoji on top of my head, okay? So sunshine, right? Okay, and then this, this is no big deal. You guys can do this. This is nothing magical, but if you do, I do take 20s for like special words. I'm just kidding. Um, Okay, so I don't know your name. You're laughing. Your mom's Donna, right? 
Morris, right? You, okay. So you, I'm, I saw you, and I just saw a bunch of bluebirds, like, like, like flying around your head, but not like, not like where you get hit with something. Or, but they were being like really weird, like playful. Okay, they were like bumping into each other on purpose, not to hurt each other, but to like be playful. And um, like, hey, God, what's that mean? He's like, it, some kind of new like joy, like playfulness, like, like letting the weights kind of fall off a little bit, right? And just like, there's just, and if you've ever seen birds, like just being silly, like what are they doing? They're doing nothing. There's no purpose in it, but they're just having fun, right? Okay, so that's what I saw for you. Miles, I don't know about you, but I don't know what this is about, but I just saw this slime coming down all over you, like good slime. And it wasn't a bad slime, it was a good slime. And I'm like, oh, what color is this slime? It was purple. Well, you know what purple means? Royalty, right? So I'm just seeing this like slime coming down from the spirit, just coming down, oozing all over you, getting all weird and gooey and whack and like just joyfulness. Yeah, and then um, I'm trying to remember because there was another one. I'm trying to remember. I got to see your faces. Oh, Craig. Um, I saw this like sturdy statue of stability. Sturdy statue of stability. I don't know what that means, but it's just like, yeah. And that's important, like, for your family and stuff, right? I just saw it, and it was like, yeah. So stability, right? Cool. Okay, now, if everyone, everyone go ahead and close your eyes. Close your eyes. You know, the thing is, is anyone can do this. Anyone can say, God, give me something, right? So with, with your eyes closed and not trying too hard, I want you to go ahead and you're going you're gonna to ask. You can talk to Jesus. You can talk to God. You can talk to Holy Spirit. You call him whatever you want. Okay? In your head, I just want you to ask him. You're going to ask him a question. And after you ask him, you're going to listen and you're going to assume the thing that he drops down into your heart is from him. Okay? So it's going to be a simple question. So go ahead and ask him this in your head. Go ahead, go ahead and say, Jesus, what do you think about me today? Go ahead and ask him that, and then just listen. Don't try too hard. Jesus, what do you think about me today? Now, when you hear something, a lot of times our first question is, is like, well, am I just making this up? The truth is, is that we're one with him, right? Our hearts are, is his heart, like, like he's in us, we're made in his image. You know, the, the energy that keeps everything together on the, in this world, you know, physics and all that, they're starting to figure out that there's something that holds it all together, and that's him. He's, he's in us, he's one with us. He's gentle. He has good things. Lord, I just ask you to bless every, every single person in here. Bless their hearts. Give them the word that they need, that, that exactly thing they need to hear for healing those areas. Lord, I ask you to help us let go of things. 
Jill, I just saw a big old heart right over your head and it was exploding. Big, huge heart, emoji heart, but it was too big. You're like so compassionate. Sometimes it like gets on your nerves because you're like, just leave me alone. <laughs> I got my own issues, right? Big old heart. He put that there for a reason. Is your name Roger with the blue shirt on? Does baseball have <laughs> a uh, part of your life or a part of your background? Or uh, when, um, when uh, Melanie was sharing about the boy in the dream, I just saw this picture of a baseball bat in, in a baseball and keep on getting a picture of a boy with a baseball uniform, kind of like an old-timey picture, old-school baseball, and I keep on feeling like it's um, having to do with you. And, uh, but, but specifically, I'm seeing like a, the, um, the, 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 what do you call it, the batter's helmet, and that kind of protective, protective mechanism. I would go as far as to say I feel like what Melanie shared has specifically to do with you about a dream that God spoke uh, as, a, as a young person. And, but something about, you know, that helmet that, you know, a projectile can, can do serious damage. And it's like the Lord is wanting to just say that he has protection over you with your, with your destiny, with your call. And um, it's been preserved. You know, it hasn't, it hasn't been broken, it hasn't been lost. It is still intact. Whatever he spoke to you as a boy. I want to uh, I I make space. If you want to receive anything uh, just... There's power in agreement. There's power in prayer. And I want to make space if you would like to be ministered to. Create a space where, um, where you want to receive from, from the Lord. Uh, and if you want to come up and, and line up here, we want to pray for you. And specifically, physical healing or just want to receive something from the Lord touching your heart. There may be more prophetic words that would be spoken. Um, um, or if you just want to be simply in a place where you just make your heart vulnerable before him to receive whatever he wants to say, you may not get anything from a man, but very much want to receive from the Lord. If, that's, if you would like that, can you move forward and, while, uh, and come up here to receive or to be prayed for? And while that's happening, I just want to um, say kind of, a rule of thumb of how we want that to happen is in church, some of you don't have a clue what I'm about to tell you, but just trust me. You can come, Michelle, please. Um, that there is a phenomenon in church, and I don't mean to be, to be disrespectful in any kind of way. 
but where, just hear me out. Me coming in as a 18-year-old, brand new Christian into a church, I saw this thing where moments like this, people wanting to receive prayer, that it was almost like the norm for somebody to fall back while being prayed for. And so, there ha- I know people who are, that I respect greatly who feel as though the power of God came upon them so strongly they were unable to stand. And, and so I respect that. I've never had that happen to me, but I certainly am not going to say God can't or won't do that. But um, what I am going to say is unless God is like doing that to, like, to where you cannot do that, please don't fall down. And if God is doing it, then he's going to make sure the person isn't injured. So please don't feel like you need to catch somebody because there's also this thing of like catchers, you know, who like catch and then put a blanket over the person. Do you hear what I'm saying? We, we don't, we, we don't want to have like a protocol of falling down every time you get prayed for. Um, if God wants to do that, that's great, but let him do that. So um, if you guys, you want to just lead us into worship while we, while we pray, that'd be, that'd be great. Just sorry. If you're if you're up here receiving prayer, just receive. Don't just wait to be prayed for. Go ahead and receive from the Lord. And if you're not up here receiving prayer, feel free to come down if you still want to. But just receive. Just let's let's connect with Jesus. Lord, we thank you for everything that you're doing. Thank you for what the things that you have spoken in people's lives, the ways that you have touched already. We are so grateful, Lord. Lord, we thank you that there's, there's even more. There's much more. Lord, we want to give ourselves to you. We want to, uh, we want to live in a place of sensitivity to your, to your spirit, to be directed by your spirit, to receive what you want to minister to us, your children, and not just go through life not even listening Lord, we want to receive personally what you're speaking to us. Lord, we want to confess without that, we're just living like anyone else. But Lord, you have purchased so much more for us. So Lord, we do make a choice tonight to lean in in a practical way, in a simple daily way moment by moment, to lean into your spirit and trust in you. Lord, we, we ask you tonight, let there be many testimonies throughout the course even of this week of hearing the, the nuances and the nudgings of the spirit and you doing something that we couldn't have done on our own. Speak and we will listen and we will obey. You are good. Amen. Amen. Cool.